You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Hello, party people, and welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. We are talking today all about how to delay gratification, which is a key skill if you're looking to improve, change your diet, uh, increase your level of physical fitness, shape shift your body, overcome chronic disease, whatever it is that you're specifically working towards. If it involves making changes to how you live your life and eat, then delaying gratification is a skill set, emphasis on the skill set that you are going to want to learn. And the reason why I am recording this podcast and pick this topic is because this is something that I struggle with too. It is a skill that I firmly believe that many of us have very little experience in practicing. And it's a skill that we're going to probably have to work at for the rest of our life in many different areas, depending on the season. This is something I talk a lot about with clients. I'm working towards it myself. So I'm right here with you when I talk about these struggles. I get it. Uh, Being overweight in my past when I was in high school and college, being heavier, this was something that really was a hard pill to swallow. But learning to overcome that desire for instant gratification for the taste of food and tapping into my own internal power has been a game changer and I think it's something that's not really talked about in the nutrition industry because it's not as sexy as talking about like, oh, you know, you should eat paleo or cut carbs or eat this, not that, take that supplement. Like nobody wants to talk about the hard mental work, but the hard mental work is what matters. And so my goal for this podcast is to help you gain some perspective on areas that you can improve and then give you some tools to apply a new skill set of self-discipline to your own eating behaviors. That way you can get closer to your ultimate goal. And I want to just say before I even start this little introduction, how thankful I am for anybody who is listening to this podcast right now. Really, I was thinking about it on my drive to the office today. I'm like, wow, this podcast is something I love so much. And I don't really know if people (laughs) are listening to it other than what my little podcast app tells me. It's like, your episode got 350 plays. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) But when you guys send us messages on Instagram, and we've actually gotten a few emails from people who are on our email list because they're existing clients or they've opted into whatever we do. I mean, that to me is worth millions because I mean, I don't make money off this podcast at all. It's just something I love to do and love to talk about. So hearing stories from you guys about how a random episode eight months ago changed your perspective on your body image, your relationship with food means so much to me. So I just want to thank you for being here and listening or subscribing or sharing the podcast, whatever it is that you do with this information. 
So let's talk about today, right? Let's talk about delaying gratification. This is going to be a good episode, and there are times where I will ask you to pause the episode and reflect. So if you happen to have a pen or paper nearby, I would grab that. If you're driving, you might want to pause the episode when I cue you to and come back to it later. But if you're one of those people that likes to listen to podcasts on your walk, I encourage you to open up your notepad on your phone when I cue you to and just make some little bit of, uh, of notes and you can come back to it later when you are able to sit down and really concentrate. So we're talking about delaying gratification and right off the bat, I want to emphasize that this does not mean that you're eating less food, right? This is simply a skill to help you control your appetite, meaning your desire for that instant dopamine release that comes with eating pleasurable foods or eating foods in a specific environment, like in front of the TV, which is my biggest uh, instant gratification, my trigger. Uh, It's also the instant gratification around skipping your workout that you planned in the morning and sleeping in or not going to the grocery store and ordering Uber Eats simply because you don't feel like doing something. Instant gratification is going off your feelings. And why do we always listen, not always, but why do we frequently listen to our desire for instant gratification? Well, it's because not doing it can be uncomfortable and most people don't really like doing uncomfortable things. Human nature is not one that is geared towards putting ourselves in uncomfortable, difficult situations, right? That kind of goes against our survival instinct. But in modern times, we need to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions because all of our primitive instincts for challenges are still there. And I'll talk more about that a little bit later. I might be sounding like a crazy person over here, but just bear with me, all right? But the truth is we don't like to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. And that's why most people, hear me out, struggle to change their eating habits. It's because they do not want to go and face that uncomfortable sensation of altering their routine. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it doesn't suck to say no to delicious food sometimes or watch other people enjoy it. But I'm also not going to pretend like I've never regretted being disciplined and deciding on my own terms when and where to enjoy treats or indulgences rather than letting my cravings or desire for instant instant gratification control me. So like I said, my goal for this podcast and like many of the other ones we record is to help you reframe your mindset around dieting, changing your body, cultivating a better relationship with food. And one of the many reasons why diets fail is because they don't address our habitual thoughts and behaviors around food and eating. So they never even get to that deeper issue. They never get to what drives you. They simply provide you with a sheet of rules on what or how much or when to eat, but they don't guide you on how to change your attitude or your beliefs about healthy living. And therefore, they're unsustainable. And as soon as your willpower to follow this set of rules breaks, you're going to revert back to old unwanted eating behaviors. So we're going to go deeper than surface level dieting vice on this podcast and the other episodes that we do. I'm not going to tell you dumb shit that you can just Google like, oh, when you're craving sweets, just drink celery juice. Because what does that teach you? 
nothing <laughs> other than that celery juice makes you have to shit a lot and if you're not used to that much fiber you've been warned if that's a strategy you're going to implement don't do it <laughs> so this is the kind of approach that we take with our clients and very specifically in our 30-day daily accountability coaching program you've probably heard me talked about it before if you have listened to our podcast in the past we call it dap and through DAP, we take the time, we meaning me and Megan, the other registered dietitian who gets on the podcast and works with me at Nutrition Awareness, we take the time to not only understand your goals, whether they be weight, fitness, blood lab, or energy related, but also your level of self-awareness and actualization. When it comes to goal setting, one of us will help you create a personalized blueprint with daily actions and changes that actually move the needle forward. So I talk about DAP, DAP, on the podcast because I guess it's our sponsor. I mean, we, we are our own sponsor. That's why we don't have ads on this podcast. So I'm just sharing about this program with you in case you're interested because these behaviors that we help you identify and change will strike a balance between realistic and challenging meaning there'll be possible changes that put you in those uncomfortable positions at time. We force you to push your limits. And then throughout the 30 days, we not only hold you accountable to that individual plan, but then we also help you cultivate those healthy habits that are designed to last you a lifetime. So DAP is really unique in several ways. Uh, I mean, first off, it's run by two registered dietitians, not just some random health coach or nutritionist with an online certificate. That means literally nothing, okay? <laughs> it's personalized to you. That's why we only accept a handful of clients each month so we can make sure you're getting as much TLC as you need to be successful. And then upon completing DAP, you're gonna learn a lot of skills and information that you can take with you after you graduate, right? We teach you why certain changes can propel you forward while also guiding you with how to do it su successfully and sustainably. I mean, we ask you not to just look at what you're eating, but why you're eating and why you do what you do. And then I think the most beneficial and unique angle to the DAP program is that accountability aspect because we hold you accountable to your goals every single day on a virtual program so you have no choice but to be successful. I mean, if you in the past have lost motivation or felt like giving up, DAP fixes that for you. There is no out. <laughs> so after you enroll in DAP, you will work with a registered dietitian to create, or if you're an existing client, revisit your personal blueprint for success. You'll develop a healthier relationship with food and your body. You'll stop the cycle of restriction and overeating or binging. We're going to help you eat the right amount for your goals and your lifestyle. You're going to be able to learn how to control cravings, snacking, stress eating, you're gonna be able to follow through with all of your exercise and meal prep plans. You'll learn how to eat so you can reach sustainable weight loss or muscle gain goals. And then you'll make healthy eating part of your everyday routine. So if you get accepted into DAP, 
You'll have unlimited support from your registered dietitian, unshakable accountability so giving up is not an option, and daily motivation catered to your goals and your style. So if you are at all curious about the DAP program, I encourage you to apply right now. It's free. It takes less than five minutes. You have my permission to pause this podcast to apply at www.nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. You just scroll down, click apply now. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes as well, but it's our website, nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. All right, so now let's talk about the very first mental shift you need to make if you feel like you're always giving in to your urges to, I don't know, let's say order Uber Eats or dive headfirst into the bread basket at dinner. As soon as it hits the table, you're like, yes, pass me the bread. Or maybe it's the way you feel like you need to pour a third glass of wine just because somebody else offers it, right? You're like, ah, that sounds good. I want it. Let's do it. So regardless of your motivation to change, whether that motivation is coming from your desire to lose weight, change your body, whether it's your desire to stop yo-yo dieting, or even just be healthier, feel better, increase your energy, you need to bring that goal, that end aspiration to life and begin to live like you've already achieved it. All right, you're probably like, "Uh, Kate, what? (laughs) Um, If I was 30 pounds lighter like I wanted to be, then I wouldn't even feel the need to monitor my wine intake or how much bread I'm eating. See, that's the problem. You're thinking in the short term, okay? That's that's where you are already messing up. You need to think about how the ideal version of yourself would be behaving around food or showing up in the world on a day-to-day basis. I'm gonna reference that a lot, the ideal version of yourself. So here's an example. Uh, right now, maybe you're thinking things like, uh, what should I eat and what should I not eat to lose weight? Should I avoid carbs? Should I not eat this? Should I make sure I eat more of that? No. I encourage you to start thinking, what kind of woman or what kind of man do I want to be? And how can my actions and choices reflect that of someone worthy of living that life? Think to yourself, how can I create this persona with my day-to-day behaviors. To give you a better idea, I'm gonna share an example that one of my DAP clients described. And we had had this conversation over the phone, so this is my best way to recall how she described her ideal version of herself. But she said, the ideal version of me would be excited to go shopping for clothes because she'd feel confident and she'd be good in the skin she's in. She wouldn't be obsessively thinking about food or dieting. She would wake up in the morning. She'd fuel herself with healthy, nutritious food. She would do yoga or go for a walk or maybe a light workout. And she'd consume balanced meals that she cooked at home throughout the day. She would not feel deprived and she could enjoy chocolate or ice cream once in a while with her husband without feeling guilty afterwards. She wouldn't feel overly stressed about going out to eat and she could actually focus on having fun instead of having anxiety about what she should order and what everyone else is ordering. This example, it serves as both her destination that she was working to achieve, but also the map 
that guided her path at every turn, every obstacle, roundabout, fork in the road. Like you get the metaphor, right? And so here's how you'd read your map if your ideal version of yourself was that of my clients that I just read, right? So would the ideal version of yourself skip a meal she cooked at home for fast food with coworkers simply because someone was like, hmm, I'm craving Popeyes? Would she restrict herself from sugar all week just to justify the binge eating she wanted to do on Saturday? in an effort to save calories or whatever. Would she sleep through her workout and try to make up for it by counting carbs all day? Would she be ignoring her hunger signals and following a restrictive diet that promised something ridiculous like, oh, you can lose 15 pounds of body fat in just two weeks, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. The answer to all of those questions is a hard no. The actions of your ideal version of yourself, if you were that of my client, would require one thing in all of those situations. That would be self-discipline. Self-discipline to say no to Popeyes. Self-discipline not to jump back on a restrictive diet just because they're really good at marketing it. The approach of creating an ideal version of yourself and getting crystal clear on it allows you to cultivate that skill of discipline, of self-discipline, because that's what it is. It's a skill, okay? And this gives you a practice field. It gives you a map. It gives you a playbook. Whatever kind of goofy metaphor you want to use, you get the picture. See, following a diet, a cookie cutter diet, teaches you how to be a sheep. (laughs) And in the moment, it tells you, okay, if you follow these rules, Uh, you will get this result. And if you stray from the rules, you will fail. But it doesn't teach you how to be the boss of your own mind. And when you become the boss of your own mind and you master that skill of mental toughness, then you're able to get back on track with healthy habits that add up over time and make a difference because you've mastered the skill instead of just blindly following a plan written by somebody else for days, weeks, or even months. The skill of self-discipline should not be applied directly to following a diet and seeing how long you can follow it, right? Because human physiology is at play here. And over-restriction is not a smart strategy over time because your body's survival instinct is going to send you strong signals to eat via thoughts about food obsessively or actual sensations of hunger by secreting more hunger hormones like ghrelin. This will make you over-occupied with food and therefore make self-discipline a skill that is rather moot, right? It's going to be hard to tap into self-discipline if you're not even meeting your basic survival and safety needs, right? You actually have to feed yourself the right amounts of fuel so that you can have the energy to say no to crap. Are you following me? So I get it. You know, if you followed a diet before, it flat out sucks, right? So if you are constantly restricting yourself, overly being obsessed with food is literally no way to go about your day. You can't focus on other things and you can't cultivate that skill of self-discipline in other areas of your life like work or relationships or fitness if all you're thinking about is food. So instead, it's better to audit your current eating and lifestyle behaviors or tendencies, pick out one or two tendencies 
at a time that you want to change that will get you closer to your ideal self and then commit to them. This practice will allow you to cultivate self-discipline in a very focused, targeted way without starving yourself or following arbitrary rules that make you want to give up. So here are some good examples of some previous and current clients of mine who identified their own eating and lifestyle behaviors that they wanted to change. So one of my DAP people, she wanted to stop eating dessert and mindlessly snacking after dinner. Somebody else uh, turned off the TV by 9 p.m. so they could get better sleep. That was their goal. They were watching too many screens before bed. Meal prepping or packing a plant-based lunch five times per week instead of ordering out five times per week at work. Only going through the Starbucks drive-thru one time a week instead of daily. That one was tough for her, but she did it. Moving at least 30 minutes per day. Scheduling two meal prep sessions per week, uh, one on Sunday and the other on Wednesday for this specific person. Lifting weights four times per week. Going vegan for the whole month of January. Giving up alcohol for 30 days. Running 10 miles throughout the week. Replacing diet soda with water, sparkling water, unsweetened tea, or kombucha for a month. So these are all different people's goals. I just want to clarify that. This wasn't like one person taking on all 12 of those things. <laughs> no, these are all different goals. But the, the shared factor of these goals is that they were all attainable, yet challenging relative to that person who committed to them. So you might hear this and think, oh my God, giving up alcohol for 30 days, that's not a challenge. Well, for that specific person, it was. And the key of this is to choose only one or two things to focus on and change at a time because this prevents the feeling of overwhelm. And you've probably heard me say before, if you've listened to the podcast, that overwhelm equals inaction. So the goal here is to set many actions, commit to them 100% so that you cultivate that skill of mental fortitude. And therefore, you can take that skill and continue to build the confidence and self-assurance that you will achieve any goal that you set for yourself in any area of life. So remember earlier, I told you I'm going to invite you to pause this episode to write out the ideal version of yourself. Okay, so hear me out before you pause here. But what I want you to do is... If you're driving or walking, you know, pause and come back to this when you're able to sit down, pen to paper, or really focus. Or if you can at least make some notes on your notepad on your phone, that's just fine too. But I want you to brainstorm what the ideal version of your healthy self looks like. And so here are some prompts to help you if you need to. So ask yourself, what does the ideal version of yourself feel like, look like, eat like? How do you handle cravings for snacks or desserts? How much sleep are you getting? What are your energy levels like? How do you think about food or your body? Which healthy behaviors do you naturally integrate into your day? Are you exercising? Are you getting daily movement in and do you enjoy it? What does that look like? What are you doing specifically and how often? How do you behave around trigger foods like desserts or savory snacks, chips and dips? How do you feel about food when you walk into a party or a restaurant? How do you dress? How do you present yourself? What's your kitchen stocked with? Are you cooking at home? So these are just a few questions that can give you some inspiration, but you can write about your healthy, ideal version of yourself however you want. 
So I'll let you pause that episode. And once you have unpaused and you're back listening to me and you've mapped out this ideal version of yourself, I want you to brainstorm a list of eating or lifestyle habits you currently have that you think are getting in your way. If you're not really sure about how to identify which eating or lifestyle habits are getting in your way of being this ideal version of yourself, please feel free to reach out to one of us on Instagram and we might be able to help. We're at nutrition.awareness on Instagram. All right, once you've made that list, once you've brain dumped a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper, audit that list. Go through and pick out one or two changes that will really move the needle forward if you focus on changing them. Example, let's say that uh, this is one for me. Okay, so this is this is one that I struggle with and changing it has been a game changer for me. I have the habit of eating in front of the TV and I would overeat. So my goal is to replace that action of watching TV with what I when I eat with just listening to a podcast or calling a friend or eating with somebody else. That way I don't overeat in front of the TV. So I'm not allowed to pair those two behaviors together. Um, another example could be if you are used to snacking after dinner. I know this is a big one for a lot of people. Maybe you have a bowl of popcorn and you watch a movie or you play games with your family and you eat. Or maybe you have a sweet tooth and you feel like you need something sweet after a meal. Focus on replacing that habit of eating with something else, like keeping your hands busy with some kind of tactile task, taking a walk, or even replacing food with sparkling water or unsweetened herbal teas. And give yourself 10 days to put that into action. So if you have yet to do this, I invite you again to pause. So after you've unpaused and you're back, I want to be totally honest with you again and let you know that this is something that you, me, and everyone who wants to be great or achieve big goals has to consistently work towards. Building and cultivating that skill of self-discipline and working towards your ideal version of yourself is going to constantly evolve. And to be honest, that's a good thing because you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to actually reach that ideal version of yourself. Can you see I'm trying to think about how to say this without sounding like a total buzzkill, right? Like this is a never ending pursuit because as a person you're gonna grow and mature and change and your life is going to go through different seasons and this is okay. But what I want you to know is that you shouldn't let this actually discourage you because it's a good thing if you decide it's a good thing, if you look at it from that lens. The journey of chasing a better version of you, uh, whether that takes a month, a year, or 10 years, is always worth it because whenever you look back, you're going to know that you've grown and you have continuously upgraded into a better model of you, just like the iPhone, right? You're great, you're awesome, you hit a milestone. How can you be better? What bugs can you overcome? What little ticks can you fix to be even better? I know it can be scary and I know it can be overwhelming, like looking up at a giant mountain and just being like, oh my God, like that mountain is never ending. It's going in the clouds. I have to get there. Yes, <laughs> this is how it is. And I know it's very uncomfortable for humans because 
I think human nature is that we like a very clear beginning and a very clear end, right? We like A to Z, happily ever after the end. We don't want to know what comes next. But the end of this journey, to be frank, is when you die <laughs> or maybe you lose your marbles and you plant yourself in a nursing home. It doesn't even matter anymore. I know it sounds morbid, but it shouldn't be. I hope that if you don't really feel excited by a never-ending journey of self-growth and discovery, that you eventually come around and embrace that part of the human experience and biology is accomplishing hard tasks over and over and over again, building strength, grit, and resilience along the way. That way, when you are on your deathbed, you can look back and be like, dang, I did some hard stuff and I never stayed stagnant. I continued to push myself and grow. And one perspective that I think should be shouted from the rooftops, and I think a lot of us are misled by when we're younger, is that doing hard things and putting in work to change our habits for the better is actually what brings us happiness, more so than giving up on ourselves and eating Cheetos for breakfast after five hours of sleep because we were up late scrolling on Instagram because we felt like it, right? Those kinds of behaviors are the opposite of happiness. But being self-disciplined, putting your phone down, getting a good night's sleep, waking up, cooking a healthy breakfast, those things make us feel good. And while they seem minute, they add up over time and contribute to our bank of happiness and self-fulfillment. And based on my own experiences and that of my clients, there's going to be many times where you want to say like, fuck this <laughs> and revert back to your old ways. Even if you consciously understand everything I'm saying, you're going to have those days. And this is very normal. But the best way I've ever heard these described are as test days, right? So these are tests, these little mental bugs in your head that tell you to give up and just say, why even bother? You deserve to sleep in and order the cheesecake, even though it's Wednesday. You had a, a long day, you deserve it, right? That's a test. And these are tests that you must continuously pass in order to build mental toughness and self-discipline. I mean, the minute you start thinking about doing something that you know isn't going to get you closer to your ideal version of yourself, you may start compromising with yourself in order to justify whatever it is that you want to do. You may think, you know what? I'm an adult. Of course I deserve to order that cheesecake and stay up late to watch another episode of Netflix because it feels nice and I had a long day and I deserve it, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe I want to skip my workout and go to happy hour because it's no big deal. It's just this one time and I don't want to miss out on the camaraderie. I'm going to have FOMO, blah, blah, blah. Well, these are these mundane little thoughts that you have to be the most careful of. You have to audit yourself and become aware of these and how often you're giving into these inevitable do what feels nice thoughts. Because the more you give into them, the more you are reinforcing these bad habits that you're actually trying to mitigate. When you have that thought of going to happy hour but decide to forego that instant gratification and get your boot camp in, you're building self-discipline. And afterwards, when you walk out of that class, all sweaty and gross, you are going to feel so badass, capable, and empowered that you're not even going to miss that $4 glass of wine with the people that you don't even really like that much. Uh, anyway, because, right, you did something hard and it feels good. 
And when you decide to stop eating dinner after, t- or, you know, stop eating food after dinner and you turn off the TV and go for a walk with your family, even though you're tired, you're going to climb into bed that night, lay your head on the pillow and feel proud. You're not going to have those annoying thoughts of, I wish I hadn't eaten that popcorn or I wish that I hadn't stayed up so late because I'm going to be paying for this when my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. No, you're not going to have those thoughts because you forewent that desire for instant gratification. You delayed it. You did something harder. And when you lay down and you kick your feet up, you feel damn proud of yourself. So here's the question, right? How do you mentally talk yourself into taking the course of action that'll best direct you towards your ideal self when those little voices go off in your head? And I'm going to share with you how in the next episode. (laughs) So make sure you are subscribed to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. That way you miss, you don't miss part two of how to delay instant gratification. Thanks for listening, guys. If you found this helpful, make sure you share it with a friend. And again, subscribe because the next episode will be out within the week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.